Welcome back, everybody, to the Film Alchemist podcast, the show where we break apart movies we love to find out what makes them magic. Joined, as always, uh, on my deepest, darkest jungle safaris by my dear friend and co-host, Alex Dundino. Wow, yeah, this, if you are ever going to bring strong accent game, this is the movie. <laughs> uh, this movie abounds with or so many unusual threads, but the accents, woo. Okay, so today on the show, we are in the midst of Animals Attack the Pod Month. Uh, movies where animals t- and nature take their vengeance on us horrible humans. Uh, this is the final entry of this. We've had some good animal attacks. This one is this one is maybe different. I I would hesitate to call this a good movie. Yeah, I wouldn't go. But it's a movie I saw young enough and wanted to love so desperately that it's it stayed with me for a long time, and yeah, I still I occasionally turn it on. Far enough to call it good. Right. So we are watching 1995's blockbuster. Congo. Although I don't think it actually busted the block. <laughs> I highly doubt it. If it IMDB has it at a 5.1, Rotten Tomatoes a much harsher 23%. This is not a movie that would get loved by Rotten Tomatoes. That actually surprises me it's that high. <laughs> yeah, wow. I mean, that's got that's beaten a lot of stuff that I thought, wow, good lord. Yeah, so so this is in the wake of Jurassic Park. Uh, they were immediately like, what other Crichton movies can we do? I remember Sphere was coming out. Yep. I remember this. I was a young kid. Like, Jurassic Park lit me up in such a way that I remember, although it was much above my level, essentially, reading The Lost World before I would go to the theater to see it. I read Sphere. I read Congo. Like, I was really into Crichton um, kind of creature and horror books at the time. Uh, this... This movie is an unusual choice for Animals Attack the Pod because I don't think I've ever seen a movie that so desperately wanted to not be an animal attack movie. <laughs> yeah, this movie is like <laughs> this movie has this weird message that doesn't really work about like conservationism and leaving things alone. But again, it, what I think what factors into the when animals attack is humans going someplace they're not supposed to be and paying the price dearly for it. I mean, animals definitely attack. Right, our opening scene is Bruce Campbell in a jungle. They're t- calling back to Houston, essentially, to this telecom firm that right. we found uh, the diamonds, right? The diamonds that will help us make high-powered space lasers that'll put us way ahead of telecommunications for decades, right? I've already lost so, me. I'm already, I'm already. So, yeah. So, he's like, I got to go get the other scientists so we can share the credit together. And we get a classic Bruce Campbell uh, Evil Dead scream yeah. as his friend's eyeball falls down on him. And we see that a gorilla... Right, we had to do like the face imaging right later in the movie. Like it's gorilla like, but it's not the same thing. Uh, so a gorilla has murdered someone. So we're starting off in animal attack territory, and then I think I wrote down. I don't know when it was, but it's an hour and fifteen, hour and twenty minutes out of essentially an hour and fifty minute movie until we get back to the gorilla. Yeah, it is shocking how long it takes <laughs> to get to gorillas in this movie. All yeah. Right. What we do in this movie instead, maybe this was the point, right? They set us up. We are building human monsters in these opening uh, hour and 20-minute salvo. Right. So we meet the dad, right? The telecom genius. What's that actor's name? Famous old guy? Oh, Jesus. I, I, I honestly... Billy D, Billy Bob, Billy D. Thornton. It's definitely, God, not, it's definitely not either of those. It's definitely not any of the things I said. There might be a D in there. <laughs> His but, name is... Joe, Joe Joe Don Baker. 
Joe Don Baker. Yeah, he was the original Walking Dead sheriff. Yeah. Or Walking Tall. God damn, what's wrong with me? But anyways. <laughs> but yeah, what we learn is that he's a monster, right? He doesn't care that his son might have just gotten eaten by apes. He needs those diamonds. He wants those diamonds. So, he doesn't give a shit about anything else. Right. So this is where we build our, our crackpot team of characters that are going to venture into the jungle dark, right? This is where we get Laura Lenny. Yes. Former CIA operative who we learn later is a super badass who now works at a telecom place and is engaged to Bruce Campbell, right? And she's like, aren't you worried about your son? He's like, I need those fucking diamonds. So let's. So she's like, fine, but if you fuck up, if I find out this isn't about the son, like I'll, I'll have my way. I'll have my vengeance, right? Right. So this sets us on the journey. The next thing we go to is um, we need to talk right off the top. Uh Gorilla and ape effects. Where do you fall on this? Does this movie do a good job of presenting the gorillas? Are they made scarier? Did Amy haunt your nightmares? <laughs> uh, Amy haunted my nightmares for very different reasons than her. Really? Okay. Gorilla effects. Um, you know, not great. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't call this. A- <laughs> <laughs> I'll give them big props on this, especially in the wake of Jurassic Park. I love the monkey suit. Yes. Over CG monkeys. I'll say that. Especially I, the way this movie turned out. I'm not sure that CG monkeys would have been an was, added improvement. I was reading, uh, I was reading <laughs> that Frank Marshall, who directed the movie, wanted to do CGI because they did it for Jurassic Park. But apparently because CGI at the time could not uh, duplicate hair properly, they opted for suits yeah. instead. Hey, I'm all for that. I think it's one of. So I don't fine. think Amy's fantastic. But I love the. I love the. Uh, Hills have eyes versions of Harry and the Henderson apes at the end. <laughs> I like those suits a lot. <laughs> oh God. I love that so much. It's just such yeah. a bizarre, like I, I, this movie just has so much going on. I, can't. I I actually wrote that in my notes as I was just like, I don't know that any movie has crammed more events, yeah. more things happening into an hour than this. The opening of this movie does. Right. It's not. So even, we lose a crew it, in the jungle. Laura Lenny's got to get on a plane. Yeah. We meet a guy who has taught a gorilla to paint and talk using a Nintendo power glove, which if you, which that's a whole movie in and of itself. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, Dylan Walsh, who's mainly known from being one of the surgeons on nip tuck. This was like one of his big first starring roles, I think. But by the way, Bruce Campbell wanted that role. He did skipped him for this (laughs) and he got fucking shot into a cameo. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, so he has uh, taught this uh, gorilla sign language. And not only that, like, apparently, yeah, with a Nintendo Power Glove and some headset, she's able to technically talk. Right, because this is the thing. No human audience cares about animals communicating through sign language. We only appreciate animals when they talk and sound exactly like us. Exactly. I need an animal (laughs) that sounds exactly like me, and then I'll understand it properly. But, yeah, so Amy, the gorilla, spends the rest of the time... Uh, like basically being like comic relief and insulting everyone constantly, which is really entertaining. Uh, she's definitely the uh, the bad bitch in charge, right? Yeah. She's the sassy like, I need my martini. Get out of here, you ugly oh, woman! <laughs> right? Like way, she's going in on Laura Lenny. We will get to that because the, the the gorilla drinking part might be one of my all time favorite scenes in a movie. It's just like, oh well, it relaxes her. I'm like, yeah, it relaxes everybody. All right, it, this is the alchemy of the movie that is so fascinating, right? Is it? You take Michael Crichton, right, based on Michael Crichton, The Wake of Jurassic Park. It, has, it desperately wants to kind of be a James Bond, Indiana Jones movie. It throws in killer apes 
right, that look like uh, inbred Harry and the Henderson. You throw in all these actors that we know and love, and <laughs> while it doesn't work in a lot of ways, what it does is it gives you so many memorable things and moments that are just absolute throwaways. Yeah. Like the gorilla drinking a martini is just something that is just thrown in and then immediately gone. <laughs> yeah. It's just the most bizarre sight gag. And you're like, what the fuck is going on in this movie? Why, why is this yeah. happening? There's there's actually something I wanted to bring up. And it's funny. So this is the last curation for uh, um, for this month. But there's something that I wanted to bring up, which is there are two huge 90s action movie motifs that we've um, found in almost every one of our movies right now, which is... Uh, the first one being that all those movies start with these big, beautiful landscape shots of like a sunset right. or a sunrise. And the other thing is eyeballs. For some reason in the 90s, like eyeballs and action movies was like the fucking thing, man. Like if you didn't have an eyeball in your action movie, you immediately <laughs> lost like $10 million <laughs> at the box office. I swear to God, like every single movie we watch has had some sort of eyeball gag and or any other action movie I saw in the 90s. Like. Fucking uh, Demolition Man. Like, every futuristic every futuristic movie had some sort of eyeball thing. It, it's just out of control. Yeah, I think it's some kind of subtle, like, you're watching a movie, will rip your eyeballs out, kind of like primordial horror that just had to exist <laughs> in these movies. Um, so, that yeah, there are two sense. things that... Tim Curry's intro, I love Tim Curry, one of my favorites. Um, I would give $100 to anyone that could tell me what the fuck he said in his introduction line. <laughs> I'm Hercules Hercule. It is. Tim Curry has a great voice. Yes. And he's done some accents before. This is maybe the greatest accent character ever in a movie. It's possible that Tim Curry has out accented everyone with this, whatever this guy is. Because this accent has absolutely no origin or region, which is probably the best part. Like, well. Like, yeah. I think, <laughs> Like He's I think about like Ga- Russian, right? Like I think about like Gary Oldman doing Dracula, and I was like, "Wow, that's fucking weird." This is so much better than Gary Oldman doing Dracula. So much. Yeah. Better. So you have this accent, then you get Ernie Hudson in your movie. You make him do a British accent that just completely falls away at the end of every sentence. <laughs> God and bless Ernie Hudson. You get man. Joey Pants in your movie, right? And I can't believe they didn't make him do an accent, but they're like, "Could you just actually like uh, bring up the New York Italian a lot?" <laughs> Almost becoming an accent onto itself. <laughs> By the way, could there be more people in this movie? Like every famous act, it's. Like, I feel like everyone Dra- thought they were getting their Jurassic Park. Payday. Right, that's what I thought. I was I was watching this. I'm like, everyone got pitched that. Hey, it's a Crichton. They're like, oh my god, put me in it, please. <laughs> and like that was what it was. Is I'm like, everyone did this movie thinking it was going to be another fucking Michael Crichton banger, and it ended up just being absolute garbage. I mean, like. I mean, how dare you, first off? I love this movie. Uh, <laughs> this is one of those movies that, like, if I saw it now, it would be harder to swallow. But but this is the fascinating thing about this movie to me, right? The alchemy of this movie is, in spite of so many things that clearly don't work in our studio intervention and just not having, like, a screenplay editor, yeah. it still provides so many fun things. Here's uh, a theory. That doctor fucks that gorilla a lot. Oh, there's no theory there, my friend. That is for sure the truth. I'm just saying. So the doctor, what we know for sure is that Amy's jealous of other women, right? Why is this? She had to have had some kind of experience with him and other women. She's bonded to him beyond belief. Uh, 
We see that she not only drinks martinis, but she's down to hit the smokes. Yeah. So he parties with this ape a lot. Drinks martinis and also and here's the big cigars. question, right? Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't know it's the cigar. She's probably just hitting blunts, dude. You know they're smoking out and just doing those eyeball paintings. <laughs> Okay, so his whole career is based on the fact that he made Amy smart enough to talk, right? Even right. though other scientists presumably have been able to do sign language. Right. He invented the Nintendo Power Glove. <laughs> Why on earth is he willing to take his meal ticket back to the jungle and lose his prime money money ticket, right? This is his, his bank account, essentially, is this gorilla. Right. My theory is the investigation was tightening. Ooh. There were some animal abuse experts that are like, I think this guy's fucking this, you know, pot smoking alcoholic gorilla. I think he is. I think he has captured her. There's Stockholm syndrome rape going on of this gorilla. So Walsh is just like, dude, I got to get out of the country quick. We got to get the fuck out of here, man. I got to get to the jungle where all kinds of love are legal. There is. I, I didn't pick up on that as a kid, but as an adult, I'm like, I think he's fleeing the country. I think this. There's no reason because they play it off as, oh, we're worried gorillas deteriorate in uh, captivity. I don't want Amy to lose her mind. Bullshit. No. You don't want to go be someone's Amy in jail. Yeah, That's exactly. what he doesn't want. He doesn't want to be Amy himself. Uh, <laughs> I am. I will say there is a cameo in this movie. I am about to make Congo your favorite movie of all time, and you might already know this, but. Jimmy Buffett plays the pilot for the plane that flies. I do know that. Okay, good. I fucking... It is one of my... I won't even say it's a guilty pleasure. I just like it. I love Jimmy Buffett. (laughs) I know you're a I've slipped on many a Pop Tops. I'm there with him. I know Uh, This movie has a lot of funny cameos. Like, one of the guards um, in the African kind of military coup leader's house... He's the guy who ended up writing and playing one of the werewolves in Underworld. Yes, that's the guy. Yeah, he has that amazing deep voice. Like, there's just a lot of people that pop up in this. Uh, what is it? John Hawks has a moment in John this? Ho- John Hawks is in the movie. He's like, what? Yeah, he's, he's the like, guy who wakes up and sees Amy yeah, and dies of a he's heart like attack. The, he's like the traumatized <laughs> dude who dies of a heart attack. Delroy Lindo's in the movie. Uh, God, I mean, just like, I'm like, I, I can't even list them all. Like, it's insane. It's uh, it's just unbelievable. Uh, Kevin Gravoy, I believe, is the, Kevin Graveau. Is that a dude from Underworld? Uh, this movie is just action-packed with, with folks, and yet... Yeah, and then it's also just action-packed, right? So we get through the basics of we got to get Tim Curry, uh, the bestiality couple, and his assistant, and Laura <laughs> Linney on the plane, right? Right. We find out just the basics, right? That she maybe is a badass, worked for the CIA. Tim Curry's some kind of shady money man. Right. All this kind of stuff, right? And then, obviously, the one guy is escaping the law so he can keep making love to a gorilla. So this is not a good crew. No. They land in Africa right at the airport. Immediately, a car explodes. They're running around. Ernie Hudson steals a military vehicle. He's their guide, by the way. British Ernie Hudson. British Ernie Hudson's the guide. (laughs) Yeah. We meet Joe Pantaleone, who's essentially dressed uh, in leftover Dennis Nedry clothes. (laughs) And he's definitely. I mean, it's one of those like it's like a five to ten minute span of this movie where you're like, "What the fuck?" And yeah. it never stops for the next hour. It doesn't stop. Basically, as soon as they leave America, as soon as they leave the the college campus, things just go fucking off the rails. Like it is unbelievable how quickly this movie just starts spinning out of control to the point where you're like, I don't know what's happening, but I'm just gonna like they keep dropping these extra subplots. Like you find. <laughs> Like you find out that Tim Curry's guys, oh, 
Surprisingly, Tim Curry's weird accent is not necessarily on the up and up, and he's a total fucking creep. Got it. Cool. Like, all right. these little things, like the coup that's occurring uh, in uh, Zaire. <laughs> get, wait, we got to get to the maybe the best scene in the movie. <laughs> this is, again, I always remember moments, and this is a moment I've never forgotten. So he steals a transport, and then Ernie Hudson gets caught, and they go to a military leader, right, who knows Ernie Hudson. He knows that Tim Curry's a scumbag. Right. He owes that's all these Del, people money. That's Del Rey Lindo. Yeah, so this is the eat some cake. And then he looks at Tim Curry and is immediately like, stop eating my sesame cake. <laughs> Sorry, Tim Curry has to spit it out. They then bribe him with a huge amount of money, which he puts in a grocery bag and staples. <laughs> There's something about the staples that always bother me. Because I'm like, wait, so this guy just literally, he's getting so many bags of money, he just keeps the stapler handy. <laughs> it's just, it's one of those scenes, like rewatching it, I was just like, there are, because you know this, what filmmaking above anything else is decision making and problem solving, right? They go hand yeah. in hand. And I was like, there is so many decisions being made in this movie right now in that one little scene that are just fucking baffling to me. I, there's one, the one that I love is when they're flying over the, they're flying over the jungle and uh, like the heat seeking missiles are showing up and like, Ernie Hudson and Laura Lenny open the cargo plane window. Like they open the cargo plane yeah. door. Don't get sucked out immediately. Nope. And they, they're just like a, they're like two cops in a movie who like lean out of their squad car, lean out of their squad <laughs> car, and like follow it, and then both shoot flares at the same time. We're like, what the fuck is going on in yeah. this film? This movie is so jammed packed with things happening that later in the movie we find that there's a second crew that was sent because. Joe Bob Thornton or what or Joe Bob Dean doesn't think whatever right. the fuck his name is. He doesn't think that crew made it. We see that plane get shot down with a rocket and later see the wreckage of it full of dead bodies. Yeah. And it's just like a oh, a plane got shot down. And then Ernie Hudson looks in the plane, he's like, Don't go in there, you don't need to see that. It's a throwaway. Yeah. It's tough. It's a movie where a plane full of people gets blown up with a rocket, lands in the jungle, and it doesn't even factor in because there's so many other things happening. <laughs> I can't even <laughs> contemplate how fucking bizarre this movie gets. Like, that's... And by the way, we still have not seen any killer gorillas. No, this is the thing. We get to a hippopotamus attack. <laughs> the hippopotamus which, by the way, I was attack. like, great, because you don't see enough of those. Hippopotamus True. are piece of shit animals. They're horrible animals that look kind of like, oh, they're cute, fat little things. They're murder machines. Oh, yeah. If you've ever seen Planet Earth where they fight each other with their big fucking teeth and they're just gouging the shit out, they're horrible, horrible creatures. Disgusting monsters. I would have been fine if this was just a hippo attack movie the whole time. Yeah, that's so we get a we get a sense. hippo attack way before we see the killer gorilla. Yeah. There's a huge hippo attack, and then like we're getting through the f- I yeah, that's I think and then John Hawks shows up later and dies of a heart attack after seeing Amy. Like I this movie just like it, it has no rhyme or reason to it other than the fact that like, okay, eventually we're gonna see some diamonds and probably some killer gorillas. This it, it makes me laugh though. I was watching it and I was like, man, this is like some guy got like a how to screenwriting book. And it's like, always make things as hard as you can on your characters. Cause I was like, all right, they get to the airport, everything blows up. Military leader, uh, their plane gets shot down. Guys leave, their boat gets attacked by a hippo. I was like, everything in this movie is just obstacle, obstacle, obstacle. Yeah. And then on top of that, they're like, 
oh, where we're going, a volcano is just gonna fucking explode. Yeah, this so movie they're like, is like ticking clock, ticking clock. This movie is like a this movie is like a, a, a someone on steroids read a Sid Field book, and they're like, oh, yeah. perfect, I'm writing a movie. Like that's now they're really like, enough of that pussy saves the cat stuff. We're going all the way. I'm throwing that cat down a volcano. <laughs> but yeah, it's just it's so many. Cause yeah, this is just my actual note. At one point, I was trying to make a list of all the things that were happening. And I just put so much happening in this flick. Hand hurts. <laughs> That's an actual note. Because <laughs> I just couldn't keep up. Uh, then we get to the part. All right, so now we're back into the gorilla storyline a little bit, right? Because now we see that one of the tricks uh, is that there's this lost city, right, of Zinch. Right. The lost city of Zinch. The idea. Solomon, the, Solomon's yeah, diamonds. The idea is that it's a, Sol- <laughs> it's a Solomon's treasure. Right, and so Tim Curry believes that Amy uh, is a non-white gorilla that came from this area, right? Because non-white gorillas don't perpetrate the myth of the killer ape. That's the other thing we're doing. Right. But he thinks that Amy's drawing the eye that he found in a lost tome that lets him know that she knows the way to Zinch, right? So as they're guiding, Tim Curry's like, follow the gorilla. Follow the gorilla. It'll take us there. That's the, the only way they know, right? So Amy leads them to this lost city and there's even a scene on the way where amy goes out and she meets some other apes and she's like amy what up amy what up (laughs) and we cut to maybe the saddest looking gorilla in the movie he kind of looks like i there's something very off about this male gorilla's face and he's very aggro right yeah yeah. so amy's spurned she's this is like they're trying to give you dramatic uh depth to amy right she doesn't fit in with humans because they just try to have sex with her all the time and yeah. make her a drug abuser and an alcoholic. <laughs> an alcoholic. And then she tries to go back and the other, the gorillas are like, broken, too much human, gross, we hate you. <laughs> and their sign language. And it's it's actually kind of a sad moment where, <laughs> where I found myself when the gorillas rejected her, I was like, I just feel fucking bad for this gorilla. Like if Amy gets murdered by white gorillas, I think death would come as sweet release to her. <laughs> Yeah, she Dylan has Walsh this, like, is the worst guy in the movie. Yeah, Dylan Walsh is the true villain of the film for sure. Like, I, actually, you know who's even worse is the little guy who ended up being like a big time producer. He's like Clooney's like producing buddy. Oh yeah, Grant, another just random oh, you're talking like, about big Grant time Hes- guy there. Grant Heslov. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the one who is constantly perpetrating and setting the table for the sexual assaults we know are happening. Yeah, he's the master of the old uh, drugs in the banana trick. We all you know he's a shit. We all know he's in on it. He's the one who's putting drugs in the bananas. He's the one who's handing her cigars <laughs> to smoke. Like we all know that Grant Heslaw is the real villain of this film. Yeah, here it is. So I, I wrote this down an hour and fifteen minutes before any killer ape stuff, and that's just to get to the setting. And then we still have more time of like setting up camp. We have to make it back. But this is when the movie starts to get really fun and kind of pay off the movie we thought it would be. It's a weird movie in that it works for me because it's so outlandish and silly. Right. With these great recognizable actors, there's just a lot to be memorable and silly. And then you're thinking about this poor ape that's being raped by a man and contemplating these depths. And every time Tim Curry talks, you're just like, what the fuck? Because him and Ernie Hudson have the exact same conversation, I think, in three or four scenes in a row. Easily. Where Ernie Hudson's just like, Zinch doesn't exist. He's like, it does exist. How dare you? And they do that scene, like a two-minute dialogue scene, three times. (laughs) Oh, my God. But then once we get to the camp, this is where some cool shit. This is where, like, the stuff that, like, for a young Josh Griffey pays off. 
I love the laser grid camp, right? Yep. With the machine guns on the turret that just the sentry are guns are so much fun. Yeah, that's there's a fun a, scene. That's a great set piece. There's a lot of like random. There's a lot of random like really weird set pieces in this movie that are just so bonkers at some point. Like, th- right? You have skydiving, hippo attacks, skydiving, <laughs> hippo attacks, sentry guns, lasers. Like the thing I loved the most about the laser thing too was. Uh, and I remember as a kid, like the toys, because they'd release toys for fucking every movie that ever came out. And they released toys for Congo. And I remember the one thing, toy they released was definitely a laser-wielding gorilla. And I was like, holy shit, is that going to be in the movie? I want to see gorillas fire lasers. <laughs> exactly. That's the thing. If you told me when I was 13, do you want to see uh, killer apes with lasers uh, killing Shady people in a jungle. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Absolutely. I'll I watch still would movie. go see that movie right now. <laughs> I watch that movie all the time. There's actually. Yeah. And then the apes in this. This is the thing, though. Uh, warts and all the killer apes in this movie were really cool to me. Yeah, it's cool. And I, I like the subplot that Solomon became very. So, right. This is he's they're biting the hand that feeds literally because Solomon is finding these apes and breeding them specifically to the biggest, most gnarly, disgusting versions of themselves. Right. Uh, to make them more fierce guards, right? Right. And I like the concept that he kind of creates these these overly aggressive new species of killer ape that eventually destroy him. It's a it's a very on the nose symbolism for his greed destroying him, right? Because they actually live in the mine where all the things that he covets are, right? All those um, diamonds. And I I thought that was cool, man. That they weren't just normal gorillas; they they had been bred and not genetically altered. No, you know, just, like Deep Blue Sea or something like that. They were they bred were, like Spartan warriors. Yeah. Like the Hills Have Eyes, Harry and the Hendersons warriors. <laughs> you know what I mean? To just be these big, mutant, ugly as shit killing machines. I thought that was cool. I saw that and I was like, yeah. Yeah. I wish the whole movie had just been about that. There's so <laughs> much stuff that happens in the last, like, I don't know, 20 minutes of this movie that I'm like totally on board with. I'm like, why does this not happen much earlier? Like, I was very much enjoying... I was, I'm very much enjoying this part of the movie. I literally could not care less about any of the humans in the film. All of them deserve to die. Had it, like, other than, <laughs> had it been more about, like, what's weird is, like, like you look at, like, like Laura Lenny's character is such a strange, like, they try to make her sympathetic and everything, but she's, at the end of the day, like, straight-up businesswoman. Like, she does so much in and this. it seems like she's like man once i forget about my fiance and get rid of this uh little ape fifi <laughs> i'm gonna definitely start having sex with dylan walsh myself yeah exactly There's while like, she's on the journey she's already looking for a new piece oh yeah she's cold she, that's cold she's cold but that's what i'm saying like she they they mismanage this character to the point where she's like she's supposed to be this like corporate douchebag who like pays for everything she's like oh i've got it no worries but then also She's just, I don't know. She also is like supposed to be the love interest, but the whole time you're watching her and you're like, you're a shitty person. Like Amy's right. You're a bad. <laughs> Amy's right. They're you're all horrible people. That's ugly. the trick. Yeah. I mean, some people are it a little becomes this very it. interesting character where if you put Amy in the center of the film, right? She looks around and she's like, what should I even want other than death? The right. humans are horrible. The killer apes are fucking horrible. <laughs> The normal apes don't even want me. Right. There's war everywhere. They're drugging me constantly. Hippos are trying to eat me skydiving. <laughs> Here's the funny thing, right? So the part of the movie that I really liked as a kid and the movie we were promised, right? Killer apes 
The assault on the mine is great. As the apes start picking the guys off and killing them, there's some great effects of the murders. Tim Curry yeah. getting killed was fantastic. Oh, the Tim Curry death um, is like my favorite when they like blow his head open. That's the coolest. Yes. More eyeballs. But then this is the thing. There's great scenes of the apes being bullet sponges, right? As we're just da, 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 filling them with lead and <laughs> blood and gore everywhere. And then we kick it up a notch to fucking lasers. Lasers. Put them on the extinction watch list. And you're like, yes, bitch. This is the movie. As a volcano's yeah. blowing up. A volcano's it's exploding. Like, There's it's lasers. It's like 13-year-old uh, mind-blowing movie just coming to life on the screen. Yeah. All of that. All the really cool stuff. Happens in 30 minutes. Because <laughs> he did an hour and 15 minutes of political strife and poor man's Indiana Jones. Yeah. Like there's like a, yeah, there's 30 minutes. There's an hour and 20 minutes of a setup of just like, oh yeah, you know, there's so much political issue with Zaire and going into the Congo. And now you got to take this weird little biplane. And also you didn't pay for enough fuel. And now, you know, you need to take Laura Lenny with you. And this, yeah, you know, every, all this. It's so much. All this random shit that means absolutely nothing gets you to 30 minutes of just pure, ridiculous bliss. There's yeah, and then at the end, just the fact that, like, Karen doesn't seem to grasp the fact that, holy shit, this laser can murder yeah. uh, mutated apes. Not a big deal. Not a big deal. <laughs> doesn't take her with her. Doesn't... She does use it to fucking blow up a satellite. Oh, no, she uses a different one on a tripod. Yeah, yeah. To blow up Travis's satellite is mm -hmm. a nice fuck you to the magnate of the telecom thing. Right. That just so straight. And then this is another just in the movie where so many things happen. They escape on a fucking hot air balloon that they had mentioned three or four times <laughs> that she didn't even want. They use it as the escape vehicle. Yeah. The, and it's just like, why are so many things happening? I love the end of this movie because it's essentially <laughs> like the end of this movie is like a 10 year old like kid who just had like 10, 10 Coca-Cola's in a row. And also like, four fruit by the foots and he's just like scribbling down <laughs> he's like scribbling down things he loves like uh there's gorillas and lasers and there's a hot air balloon and, and there's a volcano that explodes lava and uh oh uh, some guy's eyeballs pop out like oh man this is awesome oh my god i can't wait oh my god this is a and then he like and then the kid passes out from a sugar coma and wakes up and even he looks down and goes and he's like wait this is in production <laughs> <laughs> hey wait a second no, but that's what I mean. That's I mean, I'm that 10-year-old kid. All oh, that stuff oh, yeah. I like the 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 thing I have never been able to quite figure out. Like it's clearly such an inferior movie to Jurassic Park. It's kind of what we talked about, right, with Orca and Jaws. Orca instead of just kind of remaking Jaws goes a different way and plays up some different elements other than Jaws, right? That help it elevate above kind of just cheesy money grab remake. Right. Uh this one does the same thing, right? So they they have they built a cool animal monster, right? They built a cool set for which it takes place, which instead of an amusement park is this lost city of a greedy old king, whatever. Right. Um, there are elements in there that are really fun. And to me, the, the crazy thing is this movie tries to fail at every level <laughs> and accidentally becomes – this is the, in, the inexact science of filmmaking, right? So it's like you can make a movie where Daniel Day-Lewis, fashion, you know, everyone's the best of their crafts. Right. Oscars. Right? And you're like, yeah, but I'm going to fall asleep 10 minutes into that movie for sure. Right. You know what I mean? Like there are movies like The King's Speech, right? It's like give me a fucking break. Like I'd rather have monkey lasers every day of the week. Absolutely. So you're like 
there are movies that try the best and have the best people and the best actors and are more artful that it, the sum of their parts is less than a movie like this that's trying so hard to it's almost like the producers right like i can have a better hit with a failure right and then it accidentally is kind of cool i think that's that- what this movie is to me is like nothing in it works on kind of like a, a wide view objective level yeah but to me it's so fun to watch the the carnage <laughs> I yeah don't know how to the movie it. to me is like the um the movie to me is like going to um, – this is a weird example, but essentially like you would go <laughs> – it's weirder than the movie. But to me, like the movie's like going to a, a zoo and you, you're you not in the zoo part. You have to go into like a little visitor center and they're showing you like all fossils and all kinds of shit. And every time you're about to walk away, they're like, whoa, wait, wait, hang on. There's also this. And you like walk back like, oh, wow, that is cool. Whoa, wait, wait, there's also this. And you're like, you're trying to get out of the zoo to like get into the actual zoo, but they keep pulling you back <laughs> into the visitor center with like little treats and toys and stuff. You're like, yeah, that's cool. All right, I really want to get out of here. And they're like, uh-huh, hang on. Yeah. What about I this? have a real story example of what you're saying. As a zoo pass holder myself and a father of kids, when I went to the zoo, you walk around, you kind of were like, oh, I get the zoo. And it's all so sad, right? You're like, oh, look at all these fucking miserable animals praying for death right. as we keep them in these little boxes and, you know fuck with them all day and they poop in the pool they swim in they just want to be out in nature what the fuck right but then as i'm doing that you look around and there's like oh i think that dad's gonna hit his wife (laughs) you're like what the fuck and you can't peel your eyes away so i'm watching like the other this dad for real i was there and this dad i remember he said to his kid he's like shut the fuck up and i whipped around be like what the fuck and he was yelling at like two kids under six years old right he had like a basketball jersey on and all the shit he was like Shut the fuck up. He's like, I fuck brought you here. I'll fuck take you out. And I don't think he meant like I'll take you out, like I'll kill you. But he was like aggressive. (laughs) Right. And so I was like, oh, fuck. And then at one point, his wife said something. He's like, you shut your fucking bitch mouth too. (laughs) And then the the kids did something else and he threatened to smack him. So like a couple me and some of the other dads were kind of looking like, hey, guys, pony up for some action. Like (laughs) this guy starts swinging on six year olds. We're going to have to throw him into the fucking hippo pit or whatever. (laughs) But I was like, that's like a great example of this movie, right? Is you're like, there's a lot of things happening. Yeah. None of them are what I signed up and bought a ticket for. <laughs> but strangely becomes very memorable. That's like, I'll remember is. that guy so much more than any of the animals. That's exactly what it is. Oh, my God. You hit the nail on the head. Congo is the movie that you get. You didn't know. Like, you bought the ticket. You're taking the ride. And you had no idea that was what you were signing up for. And yeah, but you're still finding like you're walking through and you're getting through an hour. You're at an hour and 10 minutes and you're like, God damn it. Like, what the fuck is this movie about? Where are the goddamn laser wielding gorillas? Where the fuck is the shit I wanted to see? And then like for 30 minutes, 30 glorious minutes at the end of that movie, you're like, okay, this is what I was asking for the whole time. And then they float away on that fucking air balloon and you're like. Well, you know, at least I got that. You know, that was, that was all right. Yeah, it's it's strange, but dis- it's it's just one of those. It, it still works for me. Yeah. Like, I, I watch it the whole time, and I'm like, this is a bad film. But I find things I really enjoy. <laughs> I, I don't know how that works. This is so- it's, it's strange. Here's a question. Reboot or remake or sequel? Ooh. Yeah. Would you be down to do this movie again? Maybe without all the other shit. You know, I think I'd... Pitch me a Congo movie right now. Mm. Is it a sequel? Are they going back? The volcano's now dormant. 
maybe it's opened up a bigger mind. Are we rebooting what we already have? I would, I would actually, I would sequel this one and okay. introduce, yeah, I'd sequel this. I think the mind thing would work. Obviously that's the, uh, it's basically, I mean, you basically just remake it, but you just have a bigger mind. And then the subplot is Dylan Walsh, an older Dylan Walsh is going back to find Amy who, uh, another Amy. That's the idea. He's been unlucky in love. He's like, tender sucks. I'm going back to my old <laughs> I'm going back to I'm going back to the Congo. And then he has to take his shirt off, get war paint, and fight her now gorilla bow for her heart. And she's like, I can't take it. She just is drinking herself into oblivion. <laughs> yeah. Actually he goes back they go back to Congo, but it ends up being um it ends up being actually they're trapped in the, an episode of Dinosaurs. Remember that show from Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's that's what I, I like that. that's what I'd pitch. Here Here's a legitimate reboot I think you could do. Take something like Blood Diamonds, right? So we have some like colonizers repressing a small village. Some young young people in the village, a family tries to escape, right? And they end up in this city, right? Like maybe they realize the colonizers are bringing them there to mine this city. And so then you have the the repressed workforce looking for the diamonds. You put them in the slaughterhouse a little earlier. Right. So that the the evil bred apes are killing, it kind of becomes a nice symmetry for the longer you repress and and do these kind of things, it will come back and bite you. Uh, I think you could make a movie like the movie Blood Diamonds and just throw in killer laser apes. Yeah, see, that's the thing that I really want is like if there's going to be a sequel, it needs to be killer laser apes. Like there needs got to have killer laser apes. Like these apes needs to these apes need to have like Doctor Moreau them like uh, Doctor Moreau themselves. <laughs> Until I completely stand. Okay, dude. So the sequel starts with Amy giving birth to a fucking Dylan Walsh Amy hybrid creature. Oh, nice. That's the doctor. So then he's like, "My father created a sin against nature, and that sin is me." Oh yeah. So that's then he's good. running around, you know, spreading his seed all over the other lady gorillas. Right. So you're getting all these like half Dylan Walsh, half fucking ape monsters. They neither fit in our world or the natural world. But the movie. Oh, man, that would be fucking cool. But the movie starts with a half Dylan Walsh, half Amy, uh, half like Amy super gorilla gorilla showing up in like an encampment somewhere and going like, kill me. Kill yeah, not me. only that, not only was she impregnated by a man, which is a sin against nature, but she's also been drinking and smoking the whole pregnancy. <laughs> so it's really fucked up. <laughs> so it's like a brundle fly gorilla. Like, kill me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god dude that would be great like imagine like yeah the the planet of the, the new planet of the apes right the bonding of the tribe that's more than actual apes but just make it more dr moreau and disgusting yeah and then travis's grandson's like my grandpappy lost the whole the whole company i'm here to reclaim my greatness so you get crazy texas accents again right. you know what i mean you got to do that and they show up with all the lasers that then the gorillas can steal and wield against them yeah exactly see Holy that's what shit, i want dude. i want i i if you're gonna do it I need a laser wielding gorilla. It has Gotta to happen. have it. Gotta have That's what I'm saying. Take what this movie could have been and just blow it up yeah. to the most insane proportions. And I want the the craziest shit. That's what I want. Make for it Congo all too. 90 minutes of the movie too. Nonstop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't want any of this. Yeah. I want it to be the gnarly birth scene first. <laughs> like the fly too, right? Where we give the larvae and shit. Yeah. Like that's where you start. What's wrong with its eyes? That moment. <laughs> And then we go out to now they built this Dr. Moreau evil thing where 
Yeah, and then you have some colonizers and some telecommunication people, right. Blood Diamonds. Yeah, this movie's writing itself. I mean, come on. Congo 2, Into the Mist. I mean, yeah, you guys took a flyer on Congo 1. Come on, you can give us a movie check. Let's go. Yeah, come on. <laughs> Congo 2, Into the Mist. It's pretty much written itself right on the pod. So, Holy shit. Know. Yeah. Um, I love it. All right, guys. Uh, that wraps up Animals Attack the Pod. Uh, it is one of the wildest movies, and I think it's a lot of fun despite some of the obstacles, right? The screenwriter loved obstacles, and he put them there for us as well. <laughs> but I think it's a fun movie. It's it's a fun throwback to when these kind of movies were prevalent. And, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's awesome. Hills Have Eyes, Laser Gorillas. That's kind of cool. That's pretty cool. A lot of, a lot of carnage, whatever. There's a hippo attack. You don't see that often. Eat some sesame cake. Yeah. Stop eating my cake. <laughs> uh, yeah, so as always, guys, if you know a friend that would like this, watch it with them. Share the pod with them or pick a different episode, whatever your tastes are. Uh, the more you help us share and bring other alchemists into the group, the more it helps us. Please. Uh, rating, reviewing helps us a ton, guys. It helps us get on charts so new people can find us. Uh, subscribe so that you get all the new pods as soon as they come out. You can follow our Film Alchemist podcast list on Letterboxd app. That'll let you know what we've watched already. And what we're uh, have already scheduled to be watched. So you can be abreast of and ahead of the curve when it comes to what we're watching. So that way, as soon as it comes out, you're already ready to join the conversation with us. Uh, we appreciate all your help, guys. Send us your ideas for movies you'd like to see us take on on the show. We always love that. And I promise the good ones we will find a way. And probably the bad ones, too. Because we want you guys to feel like you're on this journey with us. Please. Come to the Congo with us, with laser-wielding gorillas. But stop eating my cake. Don't eat my cake. I need a staple sound effect. <laughs> <laughs>